1: Yes, it is a victory Monday, Sunday night football. The Cowboys shock a whole lot of people with a 20 to 16 win at Minnesota's U.S. Bank Stadium, one of the great NFL atmospheres out there. You're in the players launch brought to you by hotels.com. He is Barry Church, former Dallas Cowboys, safety number 42, the, the Toledo original. Rocket. Yes, indeed. Our other co-hosts, former Dallas Cowboys safeties, Danny McRae. Danny McRae, unfortunately, got caught up, like so many Americans have this weekend, with flight delays. Yeah, it sucks. Sucks. So, DMac can't get in from from, uh, L.A. Yep. There are a bunch of people who who are trying to get up from DFW to Minnesota, had to be rerouted, or their flights were just canceled,
2: period. Mm, You hate Uh, to see it.
1: I know that my photographer... Uh, Noah Bullard was supposed to leave at 1. He got His flight got canceled. He didn't get on a plane until 7. Clarence mm. Hill didn't get on a plane until 7. Some other people had got delayed. I ended up being on a 9 o'clock flight with Christy Scales. And so ours, the 9 o'clock didn't leave till 1045. Ooh. So it was, yeah, I, I got in Minnesota at 113 in the morning. Oh, you talking about? Oh, I thought you was talking about like you left at
2: ten forty five in a
1: day. You talking no, about? No, at I was, my 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 had a nine p.m. Yeah. Oh, yeah, so it was yeah. So there were people a lot more delayed than what we were. So and, and other cowboy fans in general. So it was a lot for cowboy yeah. fans to get on up there to Minnesota. But more importantly, Cooper Rush was there.
2: Yeah, he was in there. He and, he, he was in attendance for sure.
1: And Cooper Rush with the uh, with the. Outstanding memory. And as an undrafted guy, mm-hmm. I'm sure you can relate to this, mm-hmm. man. There's just some moments that you probably have to be on the field and say, look at me. And he's a fellow Mac guy. Yeah, you're, Central you're Michigan's own, you he's know, a, Mac central, nation. Right. And, and to see that happen – I thought was a really cool moment for him.
2: Yeah, it was definitely a cool moment for him going out there, and, and he shocked a lot of people, including myself, because I know I picked the Cowboys to win going into the week, but that was with Dak Prescott behind the helms. Uh, we got Cooper Rush in here, and I'm thinking to myself, ah, here we go, it's going to be another Danucci moment out there where the, the moment will seem too big for him, the lights will be too bright for him out there. But I was extremely impressed at how he handled himself on the field. Against a Minnesota defense out there, he looked cool, calm, and collected. And uh, I mean, I'm not sure if that has to do with Kellen Moore's play calling, knowing his strengths and weaknesses out there. But the guy executed well. He put the ball where it needed to be. He had one interception out there. On a bad, It was a bad pass. It was a bad read out there. He threw it in between two safeties. But I love the resilience that he showed coming back into that game, not afraid to put it up in the air anymore, not afraid to go deep anymore. He went right back at him, And that's what you love about a quarterback. And he, he, to me, solidified his role as that backup here in Dallas. Because if he would have went out there, and let's just say he stunk up the joint, we would have been looking somewhere for trades, you know, today. We'd have been like, oh, man, we got to find somewhere. Whether it's, you know, the guy in Chicago, somebody's got to come down here. But Cooper Rush, he came to play and showed that he belongs in this league. And, you know, I got to give him a round of applause because I was definitely one of the hardest critics of Cooper Rush, talking about double G this, double G that. So, hey, he, he definitely made me swallow my words. He went out there and performed well.
1: I saw a picture of Garrett Gilbert on Twitter. <laughs> I saw that one too. I, that was me. Because the first half,
2: I was like, man, Double G wouldn't have been out there like that. Double G wouldn't have did that. But the resilience of Cooper Rush to go out there and battle and just go forward. And I mean, he, he was putting that second half. He put he put on a display out there. And he was definitely one of the main reasons they brought home a W.
1: I was talking to somebody in the press box at halftime. Like, all right, man, gotta make a trade. Gotta make a trade. I said, <laughs> and I said, I said no. So, first off, who are you going to trade for yeah. that knows your offense?
2: Just like that. Yeah. Okay?
1: Barry, you, you've played the league and you understand everybody's scheme's not different. Everybody's yeah. scheme's not the same. There's exactly. a lot of differences. So that was my first thought. You're trying to talk about trading for somebody who who you know they don't know your scheme. The second thing, and I told the person in the media box, can we be fair? Yeah. This is a guy who threw three NFL passes. Whole career. Okay. <laughs> I said, there is an adjustment period. This is still the NFL. I said, give the guy some time. That's Love all that. I'm saying. Just give him some time. David Hellman, DallasCowboys.com. He tweeted in the first half, sorry, folks, this is over. Mm. Hellman was like, this is done. Quick trigger on right, there. Right. He, was he was quick. Like, this is it. <laughs> Not going to happen at all. And where you give Mike McCarthy, Kellen Moore, and, and, and the team credit, mm-hmm. They made the adjustments at halftime, and people were still right there with him. You come out in the second half, and boom, there's that 74-yard touchdown to Cedric Wilson, and now you're back in the football game. You're right there. It's tied, and Mm -hmm. you're feeling good. What Cooper Rush did, 325 yards in the air on 40 attempts Mm. for two touchdowns. I'm surprised they put it up that much. They had faith in him. Two minutes, 51 seconds to go, down 16-13. He takes Dallas down the field. They win the game. This was some serious stones, man. (laughs) And and I look at that for him, and I just say, good for you. It's huge. I got to meet his godfather before.
2: Before the, Before the game, he yeah. had the rush jersey
1: on. Yes, yeah, it. I saw that. Yes, I, saw yes that. I took a picture and tweeted it out there. He tried not to give it away. He did.
2: Yeah. <laughs> he was proud. <laughs> when
1: you're, but when you're a reporter, you know where you know where to go with the questions.
2: Oh yeah, without a doubt. And sometimes doubt. the
1: lack of answers, and he's like, oh, I'm not trying to say anything. Like, okay, so you knew that he was going to to to, to start. I was just really happy for Rush. What he looked like to me, Barry, mm-hmm. was that rookie year in his preseason. When you saw, hey man, this guy's got something. He he got some moxie to him. That's what I saw. Mm -hmm. And I talked to him at training camp about, hey, how do you get back into being that guy? And I don't know whether it was because he had nothing to lose or he he just, I don't know, but Mm -hmm. he looked like that guy.
2: He did, he did out there. And what was crazy to me was, Going into the week or not going into this game, so probably like Saturday or Sunday, eh, a little earlier on Sunday, Mike McCarthy was talking about how there's no drawback when it comes to the playbook. Like when Cooper Rush is out there, the whole playbook is wide open. And I thought to myself, oh, you got to be talking crazy. This guy ain't got what it takes to to be able to have full command of this offense. But he was able to go out there and do exactly what Dak Prescott would have done out there at a little bit lesser level, but he was very efficient out there. I mean, he had the one interception, but besides that, he was putting the ball where it needed to be. I mean, outside of that that interception and that C.D. Lamb drop pass, the guy was super efficient, and he had a hell of a day from from Cooper out there. I mean, because there was a couple of times where it could have been intercepted, but the ball just seemed to bounce our way out there, and and those are the type of bounces and the lucky draws that you got to have when you're trying to make this long run. I mean, not everything's going to be perfect, but the way he was up was able to go out there deal the football around. Amari Cooper having a hell of a day out there. This is the first time I've seen him show up in an away game since he's been here in Dallas. And he he went out there and he did what he had to do. They took advantage of that thin secondary with no Patrick Peterson. Harrison Smith's still a beast, but they kind of they kind of shot away from him a little bit and they could do that because the two corners they had on the edge, they just weren't it. And they knew that they could take advantage of that. Kudos to Kellen Moore as well. This guy seems to be in his bag all year. No matter what the situation is, he's attacking these defenses' weaknesses. Tampa Bay, we saw the secondary. The next go-around, we go against the Chargers, we go to to the run game. I mean – this guy is in his bag. He knew what he had coming into the game because Cooper Rush had took the majority of the first uh, team reps during practice throughout the week, so he knew what he had going into this game, and he called a masterful game. How do you <laughs> you put Lyle Collins at fullback next to McGovern and then you got the wishbone back there? I mean, some of the stuff he's drawing up, the creativity he has right now is on another level, and I would not be surprised if somebody comes and poaches him next year going into the, the offseason because this guy right now, he, he, he's coaching at another level. He's playing at another level.
1: I would definitely say at this point in time, Cowboy fans, be prepared to have a new offensive coordinator.
2: Yeah, without a doubt,
1: man. And I wouldn't be surprised if he's not on the short list for Minnesota. <laughs> because leaving Minnesota, the amount of people who wanted Mike Zimmer gone as mm. head coach, Clint Kubiak, the offensive coordinator, gone, and Kirk Cousins gone which is high. It yeah. was just so high, I was, and
2: I was disappointed in Kirk. I was disappointed in Kirk. I mean, I, I wanted the Cowboys to win, but but, but why? God, I thought you—you know—he's been playing some of the best ball of his career so far this season. I mean, thirteen tubs, only two interceptions. He's taking care of the football. But he just went out there and became a check down Charlie. And I don't understand. I mean, maybe it was what Dan Quinn's defense is doing to people. I'm not sure. But he went to check down Charlie because there was a couple of examples on those boots. They love to run boots with um, with Kirk Cousins. And they ran a lot of them yesterday. But he had the deeper over option available, whether it was Thielen, whether, whether it was just Justin Jefferson. He had those options open but he decided to go to the check down, to the fullback or to the running back who's surrounded by defensive players. So I don't know if it was just the rush that Randy Gregory and those boys were providing or just Kirk Cousins, just uh, just reverting back to Washington, Kirk Cousins, but he did not look good yesterday. And I will tell you what, this defense did a great job of doing.
1: Oh, hold, hold on, hold on. Right, all right, go ahead, go hold ahead. On you, the defense, right, we're going right. to the defense the next section. All right, we'll they, hit it next. They, they we'll deserve next. their
0: own, their own, their own slice of the five for <laughs> what
1: they did. Uh, <laughs> Kirk Cousins is now eight and seventeen in primetime games in his career. Mm. Eight of seventeen. The lights are too big. Cooper Rush is one and zero. Oh. oh. <laughs> He turned those, what, five or three pass attempts
2: into a 1 0, 300 yard performance out there.
1: Uh, And lowest primetime win percentage since 2000. Kirk Cousins is number one at 320, followed by Eli Manning. Carson Palmer and Jay Cutler, minimum twenty five starts. It's got to be something, you know, in the brain. There got to be something up top with that because he he was performing well in
2: all his other games, daytime games. It doesn't matter. He was performing, but when you get to those prime time and those lights, it, it's got to be something. He's seeing all the reporters on the edge or something. He's seeing you know Michelle Tafoya and all them over there. It, it's got to be something that he knows everybody's watching and he kind of shells up.
1: I, I don't get it, man. I don't know because he was playing great ball so far this season. So I didn't know that the, up Minnesota they call him. PT, they call it PTK. PTK, wasn't that? Primetime Kirk. Oh, <laughs> because man. Because he's going to just melt down.
2: So They knew going into this it was going to be one of them games.
1: He, he's the second highest paid quarterback in the National Football League, making $31 million this year. Okay. Oh, so, many, so much guaranteed, too.
2: Yeah, 84 Third, mil all, no, no,
1: all of it is guaranteed. Oh. Okay, there's no sum. All 84 mil is guaranteed. Where's his agent at? Yeah. He made a hell of a deal. He is taking a bag. Oh, and man. to see. A guy making $920,000, the 60th him. highest paid quarterback in the game. Bouncing a around the rush. league before that. Take the chances to go down the field where Kirk Cousins didn't want didn't to. Didn't at all. I'm telling you, the fans were, were hot. A guy was doing his podcast in the media box after the game, and he was killing Kirk Cousins. He was just yeah, killing too. him. And, you, you know, people are typing their stories, you hear, and you just hear him just killing him. And you could not sit up here and say, well, that's unfair. It was legitimate. It's legit. Because he look at these weapons he has on the outside. He got the, one of the best
2: duos in the National Football League, Thielen feeling- and Jefferson, and I know we got you know Diggs on one side, Brown who played well, but you can't tell me you you there was no options to take deep with those guys. I mean, he had plenty of opportunities to stretch the football field, and he chose to either check it down or throw it out of bounds. Well, I mean, I, and then the intentional ground call that killed the whole team. That probably that probably switched the whole momentum. It killed him on that one.
1: You just, I mean, come on, Kirk. What are, what are you doing out there? I go back into where they went to the NFC Championship game and lost. and felt that if they, they could upgrade from Case Keenum and they paid all that money for Kirk yep. Cousins. That has been the biggest sunken cost I've seen in the NFL in the last three and a half, four years.
2: I would agree with you because, I mean, they had the one playoff run. they beat, I think they beat the Saints in the wild card or something like that. But other than that – I mean, he's, he's just well, he been – that
1: Minneapolis miracle. Yeah, that, that the mini- yeah, yeah. Minneapolis miracle. That was to, to, to Diggs, and Stephon then, Diggs. And then, yeah, and then it was – And then they ended up losing the NFC Championship. But they, their, their premise was, okay, we're just a quarterback away. That so
2: they thought the pre- they were the Rams. Like, they thought they were – Right. You know what I mean? With, with golf and Stafford. Except you didn't bring in Stafford. You ain't bringing in you Stafford. You brought in Kirk
1: Cousins. <laughs> and this thing has been – this has been a big letdown. And now you've got Mike Zimmer, former Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator. He's on year eight there. This mm. is not a playoff team. They're a three and four football team. It's not. It's not. And I don't think you can sell that fan base on another year of Zimmer and Kirk, much the same way you couldn't sell Cowboy fans on year 10, 11 of Jason Garrett. They they had their fill.
2: They had enough. And then if you look at it, this, defense isn't the same either. You know, Minnesota's been, the past couple years, they've been relying on a very stingy defense out there. Those guys are getting long in the tooth now. I mean, Kendrick, I think he's on year 8, maybe. Barr's up there. Harrison Smith's already in his 10th year, so they're getting old up there. The they win- can't rely on that defense as much the as they used to.
1: The window is I think that it's window shut, is right there. Yeah,
2: it's, it's and
1: Green Bay's now running away with the division, so now you're sitting here trying to find yourself in a wild card spot. Mm-hmm. Just start looking around the league, and you just say, okay, it's going to be hard to get these spots because there's going to be a spot given to the second place team in the NFC. West. And
2: way, exactly, Rams yeah. or Cardinals are going to get that. Okay,
1: one of those teams is getting yep. it right there. So, so it's just going to be hard. It's I mean, be hard just, to get in there. You are just going to have a tough time trying to figure out how you can get in there. Now the Saints are definitely now in a different situation because Sean Payton has confirmed that Jameis Winston has a torn ACL.
2: Yeah, Simeon ain't it, man. I think that's one of those guys. Like it was a spot duty deal where he came in, sure. played, performed well, but I just don't think he can do that overtime, a week to week, On yeah. a week to week basis. Yeah.
1: Defenses are going to figure out how they can pick apart Trevor, Trevor Simeon. So, yeah. so that, but, but still, Sean's going to be creative enough. Where's Taysom Hill
2: at? Was he just not? Is he injured, or he just wasn't? Nah, no, they just – man, that's
1: – man, I wish I was getting his check. J- seven million years to be chilling. Ain't that some – But there, there's one more team. If, if Tampa gets the – you know, I'm assuming Tampa's going to win that division. Yeah,
2: they'll win and that. And so
1: the Saints are going to be right there fighting to get – I would agree. To, to, to get – so that's why I say if you're Minnesota, you're quickly – finding yourself in a tough spot in terms of trying to get one of these wild cards. So the division race is pretty much done. You're trying to get a wild card spot, and I haven't looked at their schedule to see who they're playing and how, mm-hmm. you know, who, who they may be up against. It. So that's why I'm ultimately come back to. Mike Zimmer's in trouble.
2: He is. He's in big trouble. Like you said, if they don't, if they don't come away with a, a record that's at least over 500, I can't see them bringing them back. I mean, it's just too much mediocrity, and they put too much stock into this quarterback. I mean, they, they thought this combo would get them – at least you know playoff caliber every single year and after the first year or two i mean it's just been mediocrity and they, I, don't, I don't like you said i don't think the fans are going to stand for it
1: look the, the offense all right 35 million dollars i mean 31 million dollars kirk year. cousins kirk cousins 23 of 35 184 yards and a touchdown you can
2: that's not that's not going to cut it
1: contrast that to cooper rush 24 of 40 325 two touchdowns and one interception so and by the way, Minnesota won the turnover battle two they nothing. Did. They so, okay, did. You won the turnover battle two to nothing, and you simply couldn't go anywhere because you were terrible on third down. They were one for thirteen. One of thirteen, my man. On third, down. you thir- can't win that way. It's just it's impossible. You go out,
2: you win the turnover battle, which is a big statistic on how you know who wins the game or not. But if you're out there one for thirteen on third downs, you're not winning the money down. You're not extending these drives and you're just giving the Cowboys more and more opportunities to win this game.
1: If that would have been in this, it would have been a blowout by halftime. Two minutes and fifty-one seconds to go. You're one of thirteen on third downs and you have a lead 16-13. <laughs> so so while the Cowboys win the game and go to six and one, if you're if you're a Vikings player, you're really trying to ask yourself, how did we go lose that football game? Huh. And that is those are the kinds of losses where you, you lose the fans. Yeah. And that's a good fan base. That I I tell everybody, man, if you're gonna go to an opposing game, go up there.
2: Yeah, I liked playing in Minnesota. It go was like there. the world was against you. Like it was it, it was definitely a good atmosphere they, to play they, in. They
1: do a good job, they care about that team.
2: You got the skull chat, the
1: oh, Oh, so,
2: I mean, it's 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 definitely a live place.
1: Yes, I mean, it's different, man. It's it's a whole different. Not a doubt. And and to see, to, to see that display and the way the fans were was, was uh, interesting. Be,
2: if you look at it, like what were they doing offensively? Like if you look at the Cowboys, what offensively, was the plan exactly? Okay. Like and we got we can spread things out. We're God, getting thank all you. these different. Our, our, we're getting our playmakers the ball in space, whether it's bubble screens, quick slants, anything like that. Minnesota, they're lining up in 12 personnel. Play action, let's see if we can hit them deep. Play action, let's see if we can hit them deep. When the running game wasn't doing that much, the play action is not going to draw people up. So you're not going to have these big holes in the the defense where you can try to pick apart. It was just a bad overall game plan, and I don't don't know where they were thinking with that. You got to be able to get your playmakers the ball in space. You got two of the best, Thielen and Jefferson. They got a good uh, slot receiver. I forget his name right now, but they got a good slot receiver. They got Dalvin Cook out there. Let him do some work one on one. Get him in space. That, I just, I just didn't understand the game plan at all for Minnesota.
1: So you sound exactly like a Minnesota Vikings fan, yeah? Because that's what they were saying last night. They were ticked. They were, they were upset. There's talent here that's not being used,
2: Without a doubt. which
1: is why I simply say. I don't know if if Mike Zimmer is going to get an opportunity to come back. Let's take a break here and dive more into this Cowboys. Let's do it. We talked about them being mm. one of 13 uh, in terms of holding up the Vikings. There was several guys out there on the field, in my opinion, who you just looked at. You had to tip your cap. Obviously, Cooper Rush gets the the spotlight because yeah. he's the quarterback of the so. NFL. It's a quarterback league. But there's some guys on that defense yesterday that you and I got, we're mm-hmm. going to talk about next and how great they were for the Cowboys in that 20-16 to 16 win as the Cowboys um, have not lost since the opener to Tampa Bay. You're riding was that wave, Billy. This is the Players' Lounge. Brought to you by Hotels.com or DallasCowboys.com radio.
0: where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America
3: Corporation. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo, Yokiero, Yo, chiaro, guacamole. It's game day. You know what that means. First, kebab prep. Steak, pepper, onion, steak, pepper, onion. Next, a counterclockwise lap around the room. Now the lucky grease-stained jersey goes on. And lastly, the dance. You know the one. This is a game day ritual no matter where you are. Whether you're traveling to the game or watching from your favorite vacation spot, book a place to stay on Hotels.com and keep the tradition alive and well. Hotels.com, proud partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Back Back. to the Players' Lounge.
1: Give the gift of the Cowboys this season with a Dallas Cowboys United membership presented by Globe Life. It's the ultimate fan experience for the ultimate Cowboys fan. Memberships start at just $20 and include an exclusive fan pack and VIP member experiences. Tis the season. Visit dallascowboys.com slash united to get yours today. Let me tell you this right now. What's up? If you are a Cowboy fan, here they are, 6-1 in November, and you're thinking about – Putting some cowboy items underneath the Christmas tree, you better do it now. Okay. Because when the Cowboys are hot, the merchandise flies off the rack. This is true. I go back to doing a story when Bill Priacus was here with the Cowboys, and it was Dak and Zeke's rookie year. Sixteen. They yep. were they they sold out of the twenty ones and fours. <laughs> I believe it. They sold out. Then they were doing the two 4s shirts.
2: I remember those two.
1: They were gone. And they just couldn't keep Cowboys gear in stock. And the thing I also try to tell people: remember, this is an international team.
2: Yeah, it ain't local, without a doubt. You, (laughs) it ain't just you know. It's the highest, was it? Highest sports franchise in in the most valuable sports franchise in in the the world.
1: world. So, yesterday, Bear, by the way, this is Players Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. He is Barry Church, Dallas yes Cowboys Safety. I'm Newry Scruggs, longtime Cowboys broadcaster. Our other partner, Danny McRae, uh, his flight his flight got delayed out there in Los Angeles, so he couldn't get back in time. Mm-hmm. So, we, it was uh, Clarence Hill of the Star-Telegram, mm-hmm. Calvin Watkins, of Dallas Morning News, and I we we went during the afternoon to the uh, George Floyd Square in Minnesota. That would have been sweet. Where George Floyd was uh, w- was killed, and there were a ton of Cowboy fans there. Okay? Mm. And what was interesting, most of the Cowboy fans we met from were from New Jersey.
2: <laughs> taking over New York. The hated rivalry, they taking over New York coming we out of it. We
1: met more Cowboy fans that were not from Texas there at the George Floyd Memorial. And mm. there were, it was a truckload of Cowboy fans Man. at the George Floyd Memorial. The star Memorial. travels.
2: Would you say it travels as good as you know, the Steelers or Green Bay and all that, all that fan
1: base? It's getting there. I put it up there with the Yankees. Oh, you get it up there like that? Okay. It's a different. It's it's at the Yankees Lakers level. Mm. Where where
2: national treasures,
1: internationally known. Yeah. Okay. You know, if you go to Italy, you'll see somebody wearing a Yankees hat. You know, you'll see that's where the Cowboys are at, and that's what I'm just going back to my original point. Come Christmas time, if you if you don't get it early, you're going to have a tough time getting it. It's going to be hard. It's going to be tough. It's going to be hard to get your size. When the Cowboys (laughs) get into this kind of role, yep. It's hard to get tickets to the games. If people want the gear, they want to wear their Cowboys stuff around.
2: Oh, those, those tickets are going to skyrocket. Man, wait, till, wait till Arizona comes to town. I mean, it, a regular seat might cost
1: you
2: $1,500 just to Prices get a, a seat up. in
1: the nosebleeds. Prices will be marked up 100% for sure. So, Cowboys 6-1. I got to dive back into the Cowboys defense. One of 13 mm. they held Minnesota to on third downs. And we're talking about a trio. Okay, a triplet trio of of powerful guys in terms of what Minnesota has. You you know, Adam Thielen, Jefferson, Jefferson, Cook. That's a heck of a trio right Mm, there. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. They weren't getting off. Micah Parsons, the rookie, 11 total tackles, 10 solos, (laughs) four tackles for loss. I looked over here at the first three, actually, the first four leading tacklers for Minnesota. Harrison Smith, Xavier Woods,
2: Dansler Breeland. <laughs> Xavier Woods had a good game. Yesterday. Where
1: do they all play?
2: In the secondary. That's how you knew it was getting back. That's how you if your safeties are out there totaling a lot of tackles out there, something ain't going right in the front seven. But with our front seven, let me tell you about Marcus Parsons, man. That is a full grown man right there. I'm in a Cowboys uniform. He is a full grown man, and when you go out there with the socks that he had on, so those those type of socks. Not most cats are wearing because they're just the the super regular degulars. You know, it's just the blue halfway up, then, you know, by the ankle it comes in the white. People don't wear those. They're either doing like the long blues or the long whites. When you come out there and don't care about your swag like that and that type of uniform, you know that guy means business. It's like back in the day when guys used to come out there with the taped fingers. That guy might not be the best cover guy, but he's going to come down and hit you. And that's what Parsons brings to this defense. I mean, if you look at it. He's overwhelming offensive linemen that even think they get to the second level and might have a shot on him. He's either O-laying them or he's just flinging them to the side. And when you see him hit people at the point of attack at that line of scrimmage, they're not falling forward for extra leaky yardage. Those guys are either getting stoned right there or they're going backwards. This guy, I mean, he just stands out and flashes each and every down. You'll see an 11 jersey coming out of nowhere, whether it's chasing down a guy or being there at the point of attack. This guy is making an extremely, extremely big-time impact for this defense, and it doesn't matter what position you play. But I'm glad they put him at middle linebacker because we've seen these past couple weeks, if you let him marinate there and let him learn that position and get that position down pat, he's just going to get better and better and better. I mean, he's he's understanding his run fits. He's diagnosing these run fits, and he's beating his blockers to the point of attack. And it's not like he's, you know, hammering when he should be spilling the guard or – You know, spilling the guard when he should be hammering. He's hitting everything right, getting it back to his help. And he's just a full-grown man out there. And he's making plays as a rookie that you you don't see. I mean, even Sean Lee, who was great as a rookie, this guy is just hes he's looking like a full-grown man out there. And it's just, to me, it's extremely impressive because as a safety, you get to see all that in front of you go down. And when your safeties are in the back end, being able to just worry about pass coverage, if something leaks out maybe here and there, that's when that safety job gets extremely easy. So you got a guy in the middle at the linebacker position that is holding things down and is acting like a grown man out there, and he's playing. He's playing great right now for this Dallas Cowboys.
1: So Barry Church, I go back to the draft and when we were talking about what the Cowboys should do with the first pick, and you and I were both on board. I was with, on with the corner, with taking a corner mm-hmm. and, and taking the kid from Alabama who's, who's in Denver, who we'll see. Man, he's playing well. this week. Patrick uh the second. And Parsons ends up being taken. And overwhelmingly, I'd say Cowboy Nation was lukewarm.
2: So ah, yeah. I would agree with that.
1: And I go back now and I think of where I the problem was. You just Micah Parsons linebacker. And he didn't play last year either. Mm-mm. So Micah Parsons linebacker. And what should have been said, Micah Parsons pressure player.
2: That's what it is. Defensive weapon. Okay. Right. <laughs> he needed it.
1: Pressure player. Yeah. And we've spoken before on the show and I brought up a junior sayout. Junior Sayout brought pressure.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Linebacker, but he just brought you a lot of pressure that mm-hmm. you had to know where fifty five was.
2: At all times.
1: And and that's that's and I remember talking to Will McClay, and we were trying to find a, a guy, and I and I brought up Pat Swilling, and he said yes, because Pat Swilling, number fifty six, when he played with the New Orleans Saints, was a monster. Ricky Jackson got to the Hall of Fame and got a lot of credit, but Pat Swilling, there was LT in a class by himself. Mm-hmm. Then you start looking at that next group of dudes. Pat Swilling was right in there in terms okay. of the kind of pressure that he brought. Okay. You had to be aware of Pat Swilling, and Micah Parsons, to me, is fitting into that. He's not a linebacker. That's just too generic yeah. in terms. Not many linebackers can bring this kind of pressure. As much as Jalen Smith and and Leighton Banderesh have had first good first contracts with the Cowboys, mm-hmm. they weren't the kind of pressure player that Micah Parsons nah, is. Nah, they weren't. There's just not many. There's not there's not there's
2: many my, guys. Period. That's you. like that right now. Thank I mean, it, the way this guy's jumping off the tape, it's it's outstanding. And then you go back to last year. We got exposed a lot at that second level when we're talking about running backs coming out sure. of the backfield, covering running backs out of the backfield. Tight this, ends. Tight ends. This guy has come here and slowly erased that. I mean, if we go out there and look, all those checkdowns, all those guys that were in open space that would make my boy Jalen Smith or LVE miss and get an extra 10, 15 yards, that's getting erased by this guy. He's on par. I mean, it, it doesn't matter who the running back is out there. Dalvin Cook, the other guy they had – he is erasing all that, and his open field tackling is extremely, extremely impressive. Uh,
1: nice game by Leighton Van Yep.
2: He's playing solid as well.
1: J. Ron Kearse. Give that guy new contract. Give, give, give him get a him new now. contract. Get him here now.
2: Because yes. not only is his play on the field outstanding, but he's also a leader. And you can see he's vocal on that sideline, getting those boys ready to play.
1: So, so Church, help me understand this one here. From the standpoint, you're J. Ron Curse. You're you're on a, a good defense right now, mm-hmm. and this this is trending towards you're going to make the playoffs and win this division. Yeah, so this means opportunities for you in the free agent market. Oh yeah, how much do you look at the bag versus the scheme? Because right now, this is a scheme that they have utilized Curse's skills, highlighting them, which haven't really it didn't happen for him in Detroit, Minnesota. Mm-mm. They're happening here. Yeah, so if I'm if I'm cursed,
2: definitely a bag is the forefront of my mind. Because if I mean I, I could be wrong about this, but I don't think he's yet to get a super like no. a super deal as far as um, contracts are concerned. I mean he's been basically working on like one one year deals yes. or vet minimum type deals. So the money is definitely going to be at the forefront of your mind. But what I will say is it's not always greener on the other side. You may get the bag, you may have that um, that money to be able to help out your family and all that other stuff, but. If you want to lo- longevity, and if you want to be able to, you know, maybe springboard your career to something else, there's nothing better than a star. I'm telling you right now, there's nothing better than this organization in the NFL. When you're talking about making money outside of football, and and they the scheme that you're in, the defense is playing extremely well. Now, Dan Quinn, he might get you know poached off of this job, and he might get a head job opportunity somewhere else. But right now, his his scheme and his system with Curse, it's working, it's working unbelievably because he's manning them up on tight ends. He has the length. He has the size and speed to run with those guys. But he's also great at blitzing, playing in the box versus the run. And he can play deep as well. And with this type of system, they run kind of a three-safety rotation. So he's not... Necessarily always going to be in the deep end where he might get exposed, so right. he's always around the line of scrimmage. They have a big nickel package for him, so they're definitely highlighting his qu- his qualities out there. But I'm assure you that the money's going to be at the front of his mind going into this free agency. But like I said, the grass is not always greener. Make sure you make the right decision.
1: The young man is. Able to place down the box a little bit. Mm-hmm. He's not know He was that big. He's like six four. Yeah. He's a big dude, man. He runs. He runs well. Daddy was big. You know? that, yeah, that's true. Daddy cool. Javon Kirsten. So he comes from come from good stock. Okay, you know? come oh, from good wait, stock. I had
2: no idea that was his
1: pops. Yeah, the freak. Yes. Oh, man. Now, one of this dude's athletic is all get out. Yes, yes. No, no, man. That's, that's, that's. I had no idea that was his pop. That's just how old we are now, man. Dang. And those those kid, Guys we saw play, they're kids. I was are play- playing with like, the freak on Madden. Like, like Patrick, that was my guy. Look, Patrick Sertan, you know? Okay. His pop. Yeah. Okay, his my, child was yeah. out here playing, so. Uh, that's
2: wow. <laughs> on
1: here. Man, you know, this is this is Damn, dude, I feel old as heck now. This is crazy. This is where you're at here. So let me pull up here for curse if I can. Where's Boom, one year? Nine hundred and ninety thousand.
2: That's before taxes,
1: man. That's before yeah. J. Ron curse, man. So <sighs> what a quality grab.
2: Him and I would, I would I would say all those you know one year guys that they brought in have been such quality. You got Neil coming in here, KZ Hookers is communicating or uh, is out there contributing as well. So I think all these deals and that goes off to Will McClay and those boys are finding <laughs> them. So, one
1: point one million this year. Well, the signing bonus of $137,000. For Curse. For curse. He's unrestricted uh, next year. So he's 27 years old. He's so, still young. So so this is what I, I look here and say, this is a guy you gotta, you've got to bring back. Oh, by the way, another guy that you've got to bring back is Randy Gregory. Oh, my
2: gosh. Talk yeah. about a disrupting
1: difference force. Maker. Difference maker. Jimmy Johnson used to call him difference makers. Wow. And ima- wow. Imagine when we get D-Law back on the other side. How are, you, how are you going to block
2: that offensively? You slide it one way, the other guy got a one-on-one. You slide it to that way, he got a one-on-one on that side. It's like pick your poison. We talked about offensively picking your poison. Defensively, if we're able to – and that's a big thing I think that we were able to do last night. We were only a, we were able to just rush four defensive linemen and get home and get pressure on Kirk Cousins. And that allowed our linebackers, our safeties, to be out in coverage and help out on these the dynamic duo they had on the outside. But it just goes to show you – how much of a freak athlete and a freak presence Gregory can be out there off of that edge? I mean, he he was going through double teams like a hot night through butter. And you, and when we get those guys back, Neville Gallimore, uh, D. Law on that outside, Brent Urban, Brent maybe. Urban. I mean, it, it's we're getting we're getting healthy at the right time to make a run here, Nui. These guys might have something special on them.
1: Okay, so let's spend our last 10 minutes going back toward the offense. Okay. One injury to think about and one player who's going to come back and how much of a role should that player have. Barry Church, Newey Scruggs, this is Players' Launch brought you by Hotels.com on DallasCowboys.com radio
3: Talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo Quiero, Yo quiero, guacamole.
0: The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where Turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation.
3: Back. Back. to the Players' Lounge.
1: Registration for holiday youth camps is now open. Don't miss the Dallas Cowboys Football Academy and the Dallas Cowboys Cheerleaders Dance Academy camps on December 21st at the Star in Frisco and December 22nd at AT&T Stadium. Space is limited, so register today at dallascowboys.com. academy You're in the Players' Lounge. Brought to you by hotels.com. Barry Church, for mm-hmm. Dallas Cowboys Safety, number 42. The original. And Danny McCray, he is our other co-host for Dallas Cowboys Free Agent Safety. Danny's uh, flight delayed in Los Angeles. As many flights are being delayed, Cowboy fans in Minnesota, I, I hope you're able to get, get on home today. <laughs> I was listening to some guy who was trying to fly, fly standby and he was trying to get home to Atlanta, said he wasn't gonna get home to Atlanta until 6 p.m.
2: Mm, you hate to see it. I mean, they mm.
1: they are got I mean, this airline thing, man, it's, it's got folks flying all over the country in a lot of delays. I'm scared to book some
2: flights now. I'm scared now. I'll just mm. say
1: this. If you're gonna book something, try to get on the first ones you can because the later ones in the day
2: got a chance to be missing got them a things. To get mm.
1: Delayed or whatnot. So I got all I got up at 445, my man. Ooh.
2: You was up at the. That was before dawn. You was it up was
1: before dawn. It was that cold, Minnesota. Oh cold. yeah, it's
2: cold. I know it was cold that morning. But, mm.
1: but I, I needed to get on the plane. Wanted yeah. to get back here and do the show. So yeah, since it's Friday, it. man, appreciate it. Cowboys win twenty to sixteen. They are six and one. They face the Denver Broncos on Sunday. At Jerry World Broncos traded Vaughn Miller today. He's mm. now a member of the Los Angeles Rams. Rams going all in, baby.
2: They got they, they they're trying to win. They, I mean, they they went and got Stafford, now they got Vaughn Miller to go with, you know, Leonard Floyd and Aaron Donald out there, Jalen Ramsey in the back end. So they're doing all they can to get this 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 uh, Super Bowl run accomplished. It would be a disappointment
1: if they didn't get too far. So more kind of things that do concern the Cowboys. So Denver, that's, that's coming up on Sunday. Mm-hmm. That's a 12 o'clock game at Jerry World. Jameis Winston is out for the season. That's what head coach Sean Payton announced today, ACL. Cowboys face uh, New Orleans in a month. That's going to okay. be a Thursday night, December 2nd game. On NFL Network it's 720 at the Superdome. So these type of things start when you when you make a nice Super Bowl run,
2: you know, you get a dash of luck here, a couple injuries here, a trade there. It's starting to work out. We're getting healthy at the right time.
1: I don't know, Newbie. So, I don't so know. Denver's four and four. They ended up winning yesterday. Oh, they
2: ended up pulling it out, huh? On so, Teddy Bridgewater. All so, right.
1: so Denver, Denver. So the next two games are, are home games. It's Denver, then Atlanta. I think I see those as two dubs.
2: Well, well, Even without, you know, the four, if they want to rest four a little bit
1: more. So, yes, does, does Dak Prescott Scott play this weekend? We'll see. Does Tyron Smith play this weekend against Denver? It's the second straight game where Tyron went out. We spoke about it on the show mm-hmm. that while Collins is not starting, do not think that this is all just settled. Mm-hmm. So, as Smith went out in the game, Ty and Secky Which surprised me. Went to left tackle. And there were issues.
2: Yeah, there were definitely issues over there. They they, they worked on him a little bit. And right. that, that's the same thing that happened two weeks ago when he came in New England, when yep. Ty Smith went out a little bit. You know, they start to realize who he is. That's the weak spot. They're going to go at him. So I would not be surprised going forward if, let's just say, next week Tyron Smith has to take out a week. You know, his ankle injury didn't heal up as good as he thought it would be, so he's going to miss one more week. I would not be surprised if they slid either Lyle Collins, who's a natural left, so that'd be you know easier for him on that left side, or Terrence Steele over there, and put Collins on the right side. Either or, I think they have a good matchup with those tackles on that outside. Because if we we know beforehand, if Ty Smith would have went down, it, it'd be just like losing Dak Prescott. But like, oh here we go. I mean, what's going to happen next? We're just going to get the floodgates are just going to open. But with a surprising play of Terrence Steele out there, and hopefully you know Collins' conditioning is good and he can go back out there and get those quality reps this week, I might I don't see this as that big of an issue as it has been in years past.
1: So depending on how they practice their reps this week, I would imagine it would be Terrence Steele going to left tackle yeah. and uh, Collins at right to prepare if Tyron Smith doesn't play. When I was doing my broadcast after the game in Minnesota, I was watching guys come out. Smith walked out without a boot, so he he was limping, mm-hmm. but he walked out and, and didn't have, it, have a boot on or anything. Uh, Diggs also was dealing with an ankle injury. He was fine, uh, ended up saying that he was, he was cool after mm-hmm. the game. So that's something to think about. Michael Gallup may be ready to go against Denver this mm. week. What, what role do you see him having? Because it's not like – Like said Wilson, you know, it's not like he's just a
2: gadget guy. Like he's just a guy that comes in and does reverses and trick passes or nothing like that. He's he's elevated his game to the point where he is a solid number three on this team. I mean, we saw what he was able to do versus that cover two or that two-man. Split the gate, go up the gut. I love Gallup as a receiver, but I don't know if he has that gas to be able to get into the end zone on that play. Now, it's going to be interesting to see what they do with this situation because Sed Wilson to me has played some of the best ball of his young career so far, and it's just not a, it hasn't just been gadgets. All right, this guy has made some spectacular plays. We go back 2 weeks ago, that 4th and 4, he saved the game against the Patriots with, a, with an unbelievable catch out there. So this guy can do many things for this Dallas Cowboys offense. And to be honest, I feel like he's a better run after the catch guy than Gallup is. Gallup may have him on the deep ball situation, but other than that, I see these two as very similar, and said Wilson just being a better run after the catch type of guy. So, I, to me, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't just throw Gallup in there. Like, all right, you, you, you you're it, You're a bona fide guy. Said Wilson, you take a seat at number four. I would slowly get him in there, like how they did Noah Brown and how they had him in there, you know, on the couple inches. I would slowly get Gallup in there and ingratiate himself, and then, you know, if he gets it going, then he gets it going. But I wouldn't force things. I wouldn't force things like they did with the Lyle situation. They didn't force Lyell back in there because Terrence Steele was playing some uh, great ball. Same thing with Seth Wilson. I wouldn't just force it in there to try to throw off the feng shui or nothing like that. Gallup's a hell of a player. I'm sure he'll get his reps and get his balls thrown to him during the season. But right now, I think you work him in slowly.
1: Michael Gallup is a guy we all like. Yeah. Both guys are going to be free agents. And I've heard some people say, well, pay 12, pay Michael Gallup $12 million. And some people say, let Cooper go.
2: I definitely wouldn't go with the second one. But
1: if you don't understand what Amari Cooper brings professionally in leadership, then, then I, I'm sorry, you don't truly understand how locker rooms work. No, nah, not at all. There's a lot of substance to what Amari Cooper brings. Mm-hmm. And you pay the 20 million dollars next year in my opinion to,
2: to pay I that. would. I think he's definitely worth it.
1: And if you're choosing between Wilson and Gallup, think on your surface, you say Gallup's a better player. But this isn't so much about the better players as much as you're talking about what fit and mm-hmm. money you have. there's there's different. there's a lot of context that goes yeah, into that. there is. And if Gallup is looking for a contract where he's, he wants 10, 12, 13, 14 million dollars, which is you know that's fine.
2: I think he'll get that, too, somewhere.
1: Then it's not going to be with the Dallas Cowboys. Not at all.
2: When you can bring Seth Wilson back for a substantially lower amount of money and the play wouldn't be that – much of a drop I mean I'd say it's more of a you know Gallup may have him by maybe a couple points here let's just say Gallup's a nine and which I'm not saying he's a nine out of ten receiver but let's just say he's a nine and then said Wilson might be you know seven and a half eight it's not
1: that far of a drop off a lot of times it's complimentary how do you compliment the offense and then at the same time when you're talking about a salary cap where issues are definitely there you have to find a complimentary salary to go with that so ultimately it means you let good players go
2: yeah, and then, look, if you save money on Gallup, you can put that towards a lot of the defensive guys or one-year contracts right now. And, they're, and the, look, a couple of those guys, like we mentioned, Curse, KZ,
1: Hooker, Neal, they've been playing well. Randy Gregory's Randy got to get Gregory. paid. Randy Gregory. At the worst, he's going to get franchised. So, you're, you've got – so. so. Michael Gallup almost becomes a luxury that you may not be able to yeah. make fit mm-hmm. long term when you're talking about the money. And if you're Michael Gallup, you're not going to try and sit around here and take a hometown discount. You no, want
2: you got to go get this, the bag. The right, first your deal, you got to so. you you strike while the iron's hot. He's played good, so he, he'll he deserve a, a nice payday.
1: We'll dive more into that. Said Wilson, three catches, 84 yards, and a touchdown. Congratulations to him. Fantastic job by Mike McCarthy, the head coach, mm-hmm. because he continually talks about how you – hey, he takes everybody.
2: Yeah, he's and,
1: right. And you just saw last night in Minnesota another – where you see young guys playing. You see where people are asked to come in here and fill some roles and they did it. So Mike McCarthy. I
2: love what Mike McCarthy's doing as far as letting his coaches do their job. I mean he doesn't seem like and I could be wrong, but he doesn't seem like a coach that's overbearing, saying, Oh, you know, this is not the way I want my offense run. It's my way or the highway. He seems to let Kellen Moore do his thing, let Dan Quinn do his thing. And he might not get a lot of credit, but if they keep winning the way they are, it's gonna
1: fall to him eventually. At the end of the day they'll say you're you know you're the head coach, and it's going to be your team, and you get Without the win-loss record and everything else. All right, Barry Church, man. Good stuff. We'll get no back doubt. after tomorrow. Uh, big shout-out to Will and Alex, um, helping make sure we get on the air. As people are trying to uh, – you know, Dallas Cowboys, mm-hmm. crews trying to get back, who didn't fly on the charter, just flying on American, trying to get back here. Mm-hmm. Um, good luck, and we'll we we'll chat with everybody tomorrow. I'm Newy Scruggs. Thank you so much for checking out the Players Lines. We'll do it tomorrow, 12.30 p.m. Central Time, right here on DallasCowboys.com.